This is Dan Fagellin. You're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. As you're aware, our role here at Emerge and our role with the podcast, our editorial, our newsletters is about helping non-technical professionals get a solid executive understanding of AI, to know the use cases, to understand the fundamentals of deployment, to understand the opportunities of AI, and be able to be part of bringing AI to life to steer that process without ever being the person to write the code. Those use cases and adoption information is really what people often will say thanks for the most. And I think that this episode, I hope, is a really good example of that. I certainly enjoyed this conversation. We're speaking this week about logistics. Again, our guest is Jim Barnaby. Jim heads up artificial intelligence at a company called GetSwift. Uh, GetSwift has raised over $100 million to bring artificial intelligence to the world of delivery, bringing things to people and to businesses. And in this episode, Jim points out the two areas where he thinks logistics is going to be impacted the most in the years ahead when it comes to the gradual integration of artificial intelligence. We talk about the hurdles to AI deployment. We talk about um, some of the use cases he thinks are most promising. There's a lot of interesting context here, but I think the forward-looking vision is something that I certainly walked away with, and I'm hoping it'll be useful for you as well. If your firm is just getting started with uh, leveraging artificial intelligence, some of the context that I bring to this conversation is because we've done a lot of our AI opportunity landscape research in the logistics and supply chain space. We've assessed over 80 vendor companies in this domain, GetSwift being one of many, uh, and gotten a pretty good sense of sort of who the major players are and what the broad trends are as well. That's information that we use with supply chain firms, large retailers who bring us on with our AI opportunity landscape service. If you want to get a sense of how Emerge gets context on an industry, understands what's possible possible and what's working across sectors or in logistics specifically, check out our AI Opportunity Landscape page. You can learn more at emerge.com. That's E-M-E-R-J.com slash A-I-O-L. You can learn more about it on our Emerge AI Opportunity Landscape service there. If you're an enterprise firm, uh, that's our core flagship service, and it may be of interest for your company as well, particularly if you're working on finding high ROI AI projects. That's often when we got brought aboard. Without further ado, we're going to fly into this episode. This is Jim Barnaby with Get Swift here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Jim, we'll kick things off and just get your perspective on where AI is making its way into logistics and supply chain. Obviously, there's a lot of visions for the future, but when we talk about current impact today, how do you like to sum it up? Well, I think primarily there's you have to look at an entire supply chain and think where are the main impacts that you're going to see right now. Primarily, I think we're looking at scheduling and routing mostly. Uh, and then maybe in analytics. Those are the two primary areas where we're going to see AI being used currently in logistics. Scheduling and routing is a fairly well understood uh, space. I mean, the traveling salesman problem has been around for years, uh, and everyone's trying to optimize that space. If you look at things like Uber uh, and all of your all of your delivery applications, everyone's trying to optimize that space. There are lots of uh, applications that are available. There are lots of libraries that are available, uh, and there's lots of people utilizing those and working with those, and that, that's fairly common. And then if you look at analytics, there's lots of people working with structured and unstructured data. I mean, 80% of all data is unstructured. Uh, there's lots of algorithms to clean and combine data and put them into data lakes. And you know, one of the obvious problems that have come up with that is how do you deal with veracity and how do you deal with what data is good and what data is bad. 
And then how do you do analytics on it to, to get some business value out of all that data that you've got sitting around? So I think those are the two main areas that we see people utilizing right now. And of course, those are two different types of, of algorithmic approaches and two different types of things that you have to combine after they're done in, in different areas to try to get holistic value out of them in the, the whole uh, supply chain that you're working with. But that's where it's getting used right now. There's a lot of promise for where it yep. can be used, and there are a lot of people experimenting and working with how you can apply it in a lot of other different areas. But I think on the whole, if you look at the industry, those are the two main areas where people are concentrating at present. Got it. And you had mentioned that sort of there's different ways to shake value out of those two different domains. If you wouldn't mind, I think it'd be great to maybe throw out an example from each just to kind of make a little bit of this come to life in the minds of the listeners, some of whom don't work full time in logistics, but are definitely interested in how it's being impacted. Well, sure. So take a company, uh, maybe like an Uber or uh, an Amazon, right? And what are they trying to do? They're trying to deliver stuff from point A to point B. They're trying to deliver people from point A to point B. And then they're trying to get that system integrated with their other systems. So how are they going to attempt to optimize getting stuff from point A to point B, but still have it interface with their other systems that they have to work with? So there are currently libraries that you can get that are open source that attempt to work with the vehicle routing problem. So the traveling salesman problem has been around forever, yep. and it's a fairly well-understood mathematical problem, uh, and the vehicle routing problem is an extension of that. So uh, the traveling salesman problem, uh, for anybody who's not familiar with it, is essentially a traveling salesman has to go from his home office to all of the points where he's going to meet with customers and then back to his home office, and what's the most efficient way to do that? And then the vehicle routing problem is very similar only the points that the vehicle is going to visit vary. And then the obstacles that the vehicle is going to have to go around, things like traffic jams and different vehicles that are going to be in the way and conditions and, you know, is there construction? All of those things are going to vary in the route. So it makes the computations more difficult. So it's essentially an extension and a more complicated version of the traveling salesman problem. So again, there's been a lot of work on the mathematics behind that and a lot of options for open source packages that you can get to start looking at how to solve that problem. And so companies like say an Uber or an Amazon will get something like that and they'll start working with it and maybe tweaking it and try to figure out a way to make it better. But generally they'll take that kind of approach and then they'll figure out, all right, if we have something, and it works fairly well, how do we take that and then connect it to the other stuff we have to try to optimize how we get stuff from point A to point B? So that's your routing problem that you're trying to solve. Got it. And just to just to maybe throw a little bit of nuance on this for the, the listeners here, the kinds of data that would shake out into something of that kind, obviously we would have addresses of where we're starting and where we're going. Maybe we would have some kind of detail about how much time it's taken to get to different locations over time. I imagine, you know, an app like something like a Waze probably collects much more data than an individual, you know, shipping or logistics company ever can track, but maybe we have enough, you know, where we've been tracking something. 
Uh, and so we can look at some historicals there on different maybe weather conditions. Somebody's got to plug this thing into the weather channel and figure out, you know, which of these times correlated to rainstorms or not. Um, what, what goes into these kinds of systems? You said there's open source tools. What kind of data is getting piped in? All right. So you're going to consider things like uh, the address you're going to, uh, the address you're coming from, but then you also have to consider, are there waypoints you're stopping along the way? So if you've got something like Uber, right, here's a good example. I get, I call for an Uber and I'm going to get in an Uber and I'm going to go from here to the grocery store. But then I decide partway along the way, well, wait a minute, I want to stop uh, at a different location. I'll stop at a different store and pick something else up. I can put that in, make that modification on the fly. That changes the algorithm. And on that change, uh, I'm going to change the route, but there's also a traffic jam in that route. There's construction going on in that route. If there's a speed trap on the route, if whether or not I'm choosing toll roads, whether or not there is a weather delay, all of those types of data have to go into that vehicle routing problem and be utilized to calculate the fastest route from point A to point B using all of those waypoints in between point A and point B. So you may not just be going from point A to point B, you may be going from point A to point F and to actually get to your final destination. And in between there, there may be three, 400 conditions that the algorithm actually has to calculate and do it dynamically. So anytime you have any condition that changes in the middle, for example, suddenly there's a slowdown in traffic, that may change the entire route on the fly because of a slowdown in traffic that's reported by one Waze user. Yeah wild to think about a big trucking company or some company that retails soap and has warehouses and stores they get to drive to around the world, turning from whatever they do with logistics now to piping in the weather channel and real-time ways data. I mean, that, that feels like, you know, like, like Mars and Earth. I mean, that, that feels drastically different. Is it really not happening within the bigger firms? It's more just happening in the startup ecosystem from, from your perspective or, or where is this upgrade happening from? Because that sounds like a lot of work. The smaller firms are actually are more agile, obviously they can do it faster, but the larger firms are definitely adopting it. So if you look at stuff like the Amazons of the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah, are, yeah. The gigantic they, tech trying, players. Definitely. Right. They're trying to adopt this sort of thing. If you look at the big player trucking companies, the advantages they get in efficiency from pulling in that kind of data they can save so much money and get such a large ROI from implementing that kind of system that it's definitely worth doing to put that in. And because even if they do one of the simpler open source packages and they don't try to really optimize it and they don't try to add, you know, truly integrate it with their entire logistics chain and they just try to utilize something simple with this as part of their routing package. So if they go the simplest route possible, the ROI on it is still large enough that it's worth the effort. Got it. Yeah. You can imagine the gigantors in any given sector pulling this off. Again, some some mid-market firm that makes 80 mil a year or even 200 mil a year selling bars of soap, I would presume is probably not doing this kind of innovation. But if you're the biggest trucking company in America, hopefully with just raw money and raw data, you can 
cobble things together and swim up the stream of the enterprise. I don't want to cut you off from getting into the second example here, though, in addition to logistics. Maybe you could lay out, or in addition to this kind of matching and, and traveling salesman problem, uh, maybe we could get one good example on that one as well. Okay, so let's say, uh, again, it's analytics and you're doing logistics. So if you have, let's use Amazon, you're delivering 10,000 packages a day in New York. How many of those packages get delivered quickly by how many trucks to how many places on how many boroughs crossing how many bridges and how much tolls is it costing you? And how do you get that data out of it in such a way that you can increase the ROI for using those trucks? Something as simple as you're going to, if you increase the route time, so let's say you have all of your trucks take a different bridge, which actually takes longer and is a longer route, but the tolls are 50 cents less. Mm. Well, you've, you've taken an extra 30 minutes to deliver a package, which doesn't cost you anything in customer satisfaction, but it's just saved you $10,000 a day in toll fees. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing you can do with analytics in, in this kind of AI space that gives you that insight into your data. And it does take a lot of data and a lot of number crunching to do that. But that's the kind of insights you can get with analytics that allows you to make those kinds of business decisions that you don't get from just looking at a routing problem. Because a routing problem can optimize how fast you get there and how do you get there, but it can't tell you what's the business impact of making a different decision. Yeah, so kind of finding different weights for different factors to optimize for X. Maybe that's margin, maybe that's whatever it is. Correct, and, and it gives you not only the optimization for things that might be in a routing pipeline, but once you start looking at other factors that are in your entire workflow, you can start integrating those other X factors into your analytics decisions as well. Got it. Okay, cool. So we have two areas where you're sort of highlighting what you see as really the the lay of the land in terms of present impact of AI in, in supply chain. When you look forward to the future, you think about kind of the zeitgeist that we're entering, the way that this field will be transformed. What's that vision, you know, half a decade in the future where, where you really think AI will begin to creep its way more into this space? Well, let me just say that I think that's what most firms are doing now are those two main areas. Yep. Uh, and that's just, you know, 60, 70% of the firms out there are looking at those two large areas. There's probably 30% or so of the firms, at least that I've dealt with in, in the space, that uh, are probably looking at more than those two areas. Anytime you look at an entire workflow of something like logistics, you want to take it apart, look at each of the subsystems and say, how can I apply different types of neural networks or expert systems or uh, natural language processing or anything of AI type to each of those subsystems? And then how do you combine them to get value out of it at the end? So we talked about, you know, routing and scheduling, and that's one type of, of optimization system. And then we talked about analytics, and that's a different type of AI system, different type of algorithm. Well, you've also got things like human interaction. So, for instance, if you've got people driving, 
we got a lot of laws on the books now that say <laughs> people can't work with their phones or work with their hands while they're driving. They have to be hands-free, right? There's, yeah. there's quite a few laws on the books that say that. So how do you accommodate that if you have an application where people have to interact with a Waze or a, an Uber and they have to interact with a mapping and, and routing system without touching it? Yeah. So now you're into natural language processing. And how do you talk to something? And how does it talk back? And, and how do you deal with that? That's a completely different type of AI expert system. So that's a, that's a different. And then how do you optimize that data? So if you're dealing with people and their speeches and their speech patterns, and how do you get the most information out of that? And then you can add that into your analytics to figure out, well, how do you make that the most efficient for people so that they're getting the best data out of it and they're not missing turns and they're not you know, adding more time to the route and therefore, you know, it's, it's the most efficient, saving the most money. Then you've got things like payment, auditing. Uh, how do you prevent fraud? How do you handle making sure that you're in compliance with security regulations, with privacy regulations, with uh, making sure that all of your payments, your personal information, that kind of stuff are secure? Uh, that everything has a, a perfect audit trail, that you meet government, state, local regulations. All of that kind of stuff you can apply very specific AI expert system algorithms to and make them better and then tie each of those subsystems together. The whole thing, you can take all of that data, put it into an analytic system, and then derive value out of it by tweaking those X factors and determining how to improve the whole system. Hmm. So is part of your vision moving forward, this big kludge of different kinds of AI and technology tools becoming, you know, as you're putting it, X factors in the grand analytics calculation, what we're trying to optimize for, what we're trying to get done. So all these various and sundry new kind of enablers within the space will, will sort of feed the master algorithm, so to speak. Very much so. So each of, as you look at a holistic supply chain, uh, anytime you look at a holistic uh, chain of, of a workflow, so if you look at an entire lo logistics supply chain from the moment when a widget is created to the moment when a widget is delivered to its final destination, every single piece of that, whether it be how it is organized in a warehouse to how a driver gets an instruction on how to move it, to the payment for it from you know, third party A to third party B, any of those pieces has data associated with it. And each piece of that data, you can optimize using a different type, in most cases, of AI subsystem. Those different types of AI subsystems can give you more data. All of that data can be collected in data lakes, and then you can analyze that data and take each of those factors, determine how to optimize each of them, and then from a holistic perspective, increase the ROI of the entire system. Huh. Well, so this is a pretty compelling vision, a little bit different than sort of where we've seen this series go thus far. But I think I think there's there's a lot to this, and I think almost anybody would be excited about 
the supply chain sector moving in this direction. Last little question for me, just bearing in mind where we are on time, but I'd love to ask this. What do you think are kind of the the barriers within this space that are going to have to be broken down to enable that big connected future? You know, what what are the hurdles we're going to have to overcome as, you know, uh, big supply chain companies, big retail companies to to get to that place? Well, I think that the biggest problems we have are a skill set, skill set deficiency across the, the industry. That's always been the problem with, with AI systems so far. Uh, and we're trying to make that better. Obviously, we have a lot of very skilled people who are coming up with easier and easier ways to do AI systems and data analytics and data science. So that, that is vastly improving as we move forward. But basically taking these, applica- these applications and these algorithms and applying them to individual systems, that's the hardest part. Once we can apply the individual algorithms to the individual systems, then the next step, which is getting a holistic view of how all those systems combine, that part is the second most difficult piece. Uh, and that's where you get into data analytics, data lakes, and a holistic view. And that takes some special expertise as well. So I think our biggest hurdle is expertise. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's just lacking in the industry. And that's just a matter of time. Getting better tools and getting people who are able to use those tools to apply them in the industry. And I think we're working on that. But this is a, a new area. Uh, a lot of these tools are new. and and it takes time to apply them correctly in the correct way. Yeah, got it. So no no, no shortcuts to the talent gap, it sounds like. We're just going to have to evolve the tools, evolve the people. You know, more schools are going to teach AI. More people are going to get their hands on this stuff in the real world. And at some point, there will be the expertise requisite to, to, I guess, get us to that vision you were talking about. Yes, unfortunately, there is no magic bullet. I, I yeah. truly wish there were. Yep. I, I truly wish there were some shortcut that we could use to, to get to the final product, but it does take building each individual block and then hooking them together. Yeah. Well, I think having that view of those blocks uh, is valuable for the listeners, and I know that's what they tune in for. So, Jim, thank you so much for being able to share your perspective here on AI and industry. I'm, I'm very happy to do so. So that's all for this Tuesday AI use case episode of the AI in Business podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for Thursday as we're going to be diving into making the business case for AI. We're going to be talking about why it makes sense to shoot for big problems first. At least that's the advice of our distinguished guest on Thursday, someone who I have tremendous respect for. So don't miss Thursday if you're interested in picking first AI problems to hunt down, whether you're adopting AI or selling AI services. If you're not already connected with us on social, before you do catch us on Thursday, be sure to connect with us on social on Twitter, on LinkedIn. It's just Emerge, at E-M-E-R-J on Twitter. That's pretty easy to find. Or you can follow us on LinkedIn at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research and get a sense of not only all of our latest articles or or interviews, uh, but also any of the research or infographics that we produce. We're always sharing new material on our social stream. So be sure to follow us there and catch us back here on Thursday for our Making the Business Case episode here on the AI and Business Podcast.